0: Hi, this is Joseph, the host and creator of Sci-Fi Graveyard, as hosted by The Heart of Geek. Is there a topic that you love to talk about? Would you love to share that topic with millions of listeners around the globe? If so, then you're almost there to starting your own podcast. The only thing you need is Anchor.fm. With Anchor.fm, you can record, edit, and publish your own podcast to the Anchor site, and to popular podcasting sites around the world. So what are you waiting for? If you'd like to get started, all you need to do is head to the Play Store on Android or the App Store if you have an iPhone, start the download, and get recording today. Thank you for listening to Sci-Fi Graveyard, and on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sci-Fi Graveyard. We're going to mark this as Season 2, Episode 1. Uh, because of the long hiatus in between the Halloween episode and this one, uh, there was some family emergencies that I had to take care of. Sadly, I lost my mother-in-law before Thanksgiving, and my mother is sadly in the hospital, not doing well as well. So it's been a rough month and a half, but I wanted to come back and give you all some content. So um, to do something special for my mom, since she she is sick in the hospital, uh, we're going to talk about her favorite movie, which is *The Creature from the Black Lagoon*. Uh, *The Black La- Creature from the Black Lagoon* was released in the United States on March fifth, nineteen fifty-four. In the United States, and was directed by Jack Arnold and written by Harry Essex and Arthur Rose. Or, I'm sorry, Arthur A. Ross. I can't read. And the story, <laughs> and by a story by Maurice Zim, from an idea by Willem Alland. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, the movie stars Richard Carlson, Julie Adams, Richard Denning, Antonio Moreno, Nestor Piavia, Whit Bissell, and Bernie Gozier. And I'm probably mispronouncing all those. <laughs> so um, there was, there was two actors that actually played the creature or the Gilman, as he's referred to in the movie. Uh Rico, browning when the creature was in the water and then when the creature was on land he was played by ben chapman Uh, okay yeah rico browning was a professional diver and swimmer so while filming he was required to hold his breath for up to four minutes the reason was that the director didn't want air bubbles to be seen as uh as the creature is supposed to breathe through grills So the costume was designed without an air tank. So that's why it looks so form-fitting. They didn't design a way for him to breathe in the the suit. And, um, However, for the sequels, because there is a total of three movies in The Creature from the Black Lagoon. And no, I didn't look them up because we're not talking about those. (laughs) But there is a total of three films. Uh, The basic plot of the movie is that as a scientific expedition searching for fossils along the Amazon River, they discover a prehistoric gill man in the legendary Black Lagoon. Um, Interesting note, the first sequel to this movie was actually the first episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 when the show premiered on the Sci-Fi Channel.
1: Oh, damn.
0: Yeah. Um, Return of the Creature I, I think is actually the second one from the Black Lagoon. Revenge of the Creature, Joe. What revenge?
2: It's called revenge of the okay. creature. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't look it up. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, the uh, creature... I didn't really look it up either. I just. I've only
0: seen it once or twice, and that's as an episode of Mystery Science Theater. To be honest with you, I haven't seen the real version of the movie. <laughs> I just seen what was cut up for that. Uh, the creature's appearance was based on a 17th century woodcuts so of two bizarre creatures called the Sea Monk and the Sea Bishop. The final creature's head design was based on the sea monk. So that's the look of the film. Uh, The main goal in making of the film, according to the director, was to create a sense of dread. And he was quoted as saying, It plays upon a basic fear that people have about what might be lurking below the surface of any body of water. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Julie Adams performed all of her own stunts for this film. She played the the love interest. Uh, An interesting thing is that the opening narration from this combines the theory of creation and evolution and talks about kind of both hand in hand when discussing uh, the formation of the earth. And so one funny story is uh, the Rico and I'm probably mispronouncing that, but the the stuntman who provided the underwater shots, he once had to make an emergency bathroom visit while he was filming a scene. Uh, Browning had been underwater for several minutes, and then he he came up out of the water in full costume next to an unsuspecting mother and her young daughter on the nearby shore. Uh, Browning said that they fled in terror once they saw him. He recalled, they took off, and that's the last I saw of them. So basically, he scared the crap out of this... uh, this, this mom and her daughter, because <laughs> he had to go to the bathroom. What is that? Uh, yeah. So, again, uh, the reason I wanted to do this is, you know, is just because this is my mom's favorite film. Now, I may joke and say Maximum Overdrive is my mom's favorite movie, but this is actually, in reality, her favorite movie. So, that's why I wanted to do it since I've been in her hometown, uh, my hometown. A lot this month so just wanted to do this for my mom and so i've going into this movie i really didn't know what to expect like i saw this the sequel parts of it as an episode of mystery science theater 3000 so you know i didn't really know what to expect you know most of we most we think of most of these movies from this time period as being this like b-movie schlock like most sci-fi films so that's kind of what I was expecting going into this. Uh, it, it honestly took me three times to watch it. And it's not because I the movie was boring in and of itself. It's just that with all the traveling I've done to take care of my mom, or not take care, of, but be with my mom and be with my mother-in-law, I've just been really fatigued. So it's, uh, that's what made it so hard to get through the movie just sitting in an uncomfortable bed trying to watch it on a laptop didn't help either. But uh, that was my first impressions. Um, Josh and Jeremy, what what were y'all's first impressions?
1: Well, I mean, uh, I think I watched it, like, ages ago. I just don't uh, didn't remember how long. It was probably, like, when I was young, young. But anyway, I knew that this was, like, one of the Universal Monsters thing. So, like, I've heard, like... Good, uh, decent things of it and my and somebody that I used to talk to was talking about how they knew the person I think it was the Rex Chapman guy was that his name they were talking about that they knew that person or some shit in real life and stuff and then they met him when he was at or went to go see him when he was at Pensacola this past year or some shit I don't remember what exactly she, she was saying but like uh so I was like I knew eventually I was going to have to watch this and then whenever you brought it up I was like oh okay that's cool we can, it gives us something to watch but it's kind of weird yeah. how well this movie holds up <laughs> probably because it was yeah, totally I would... black and white so probably most Yeah of this that.
0: movie this movie looks really good for uh for, for the time period. So that actually was blew my expectations out of the water. And like I said, it this movie, when I first thought of that, I thought it was going to be schlock, but it wasn't. Uh, Jeremy, what was your impressions going into it?
2: Well, uh, like you said, Joe, I was expecting a full on, you know, B movie. Uh, like they typically were back then. So, um, that's pretty much what I was expecting going in. Um, uh, we're just talking about third and first impressions right now, right? Not our general impressions. Of the yeah, movie. just yeah, general impressions when when you're like gonna sit down and watch the movie. Like what yeah, that was pretty to. much it. I mean, I, especially when I found out it was only an hour and nineteen minutes long. They don't yeah, make movies that short anymore. No, so they don't. So that was kind of a refreshing thing, uh, knowing I'm not a huge let's watch a movie from 1954 yeah, person. Yeah. <laughs> so, um but you know, you know, and this is homage to our dad, Josh. You know, he loves oh, these yeah. damn things. So, um, <laughs> he he'll probably he may listen to this whole podcast, depending upon. Oh, you know, Yep
0: that's good so well your your parents and my mom are probably the same generation or close to it well the same generation like i don't know when your parents were born my mom was born in 59
2: they're pretty much the same year yeah so yeah well dad dad was born 59 mom was 58 i think right i think so
0: yeah so they're the same generation they're still technically considered baby boomers it might even uh, no. actually
2: it's 57 58 so okay. more, yeah mom so was boom, boom then, then my mom was in
0: fifty nine so yeah, this movie came out, you know, my mom watched a lot of monster movies, and she loves like black and white films. she really likes the thin Man series, which is like some uh mysteries, but um, she likes this kind of stuff too, like the universal monster movies and stuff like that,
2: yeah so, so yeah, so from that perspective i was I wasn't expecting a whole hell of a lot. Um, I was expecting a can't be kind of movie. So,
0: yeah, I was expecting it too because you see so much schlock on TV that from these time period. Um, another one I want to do, which kind of blew my mind, was The Day the Earth Stood Still. I watched a a, a retrospective on it or something. I, I don't think that's the right word for it, <laughs> but basically it was, well, no. Well, I'm just saying, what kind of like it, a documentary. Was, Is that what you yeah, you could call it either one. Um, there's a, a a web, a person who does videos I watch. He's not a YouTuber, so I can't call him a YouTuber. He's he has his own website. It's called SF Debris. I don't know if you've all heard of SF yeah. Debris.
2: But well, that was the when you sent the video on earlier, right? Yeah, he
0: um he does uh mostly he does a lot of Star Trek reviews, which is how I found him. But he talks about a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's done Ghostbusters, but he did he did a, a retrospective or a look back at um, the day, the original, the day the Earth stood still, and then there's the remake that came out a few years ago. I think Keanu was in it. Yeah, and so and so, I it made me want to actually go revisit that movie, but and for the for the podcast, but I'm also like I don't know what we could say that he didn't say because he did a pretty good thorough analysis of the film, but it, it made me really appreciate the film. Cause you look at f- movies back then and the director of this movie made sure that the people that saw the ship come down were like a, a diverse group of people. So there was like Hispanic, white, black, you know, everyone mixed and not just a thing of white people. Like it would have normally been in the fifties, which was really mm-hmm. cool. So, so so like going back and like doing the thing from another world um this this movie right here it actually has kind of changed my perspective on a lot of old filmmaking and another movie that did that too was um casablanca
1: i don't know if either of you've seen casablanca i think everybody probably has at one point
2: if i did i don't remember it and it's um it's been a long time if i did (laughs) because i watched that
0: with my grandma some years back and i got like a new appreciation for older movies starting starting with that and then you know i thought the thing from another world would be campy um i was you know i was pleasantly surprised that it was kind of really like a serious sci-fi drama and this one's considered sci-fi horror because you know well they're both sci-fi horror but um it wasn't campy it's not like the teens from outer space or something oh, stupid yeah. like that yeah. or the colossal man or something or like
1: attack of the, oh, the killer tomatoes yeah yeah from the uh, was
0: that the 80s late 70s yeah, early 80s like that, yeah but that but you know so that's kind of like what's gotten me my like perspective but um i'll go ahead and talk about my what i thought about the film i didn't really write a lot um mostly because being so fatigued it's hard to like have an analytical mind with some things here um, but basically what I thought, like I said, I thought it was just going to be, a a B a B movie. Well, I didn't think this movie was better than the thing from another world because that, I thought that movie was really good for the time period. I actually thought this was a good film. It wasn't campy at all. Um, it was pretty, played pretty straight. Um, it definitely didn't feel like some of the sci-fi movies that had come out later and before of the fifties, but this movie Like, Josh, we said earlier while we were waiting for Jeremy, this movie held up really well with its production values behind it. Uh, The suit looked amazing. The only thing that didn't look super amazing was, like, the lips of the mask. But other than that, like, you couldn't see a zipper. Like, you can see in some cheesy movies, you'll see the zipper on the monster suit. Like, you couldn't see a zipper. You couldn't see where, like, it separated. Like, the suit was really high quality. It just showed how much detail that they were
1: trying to put into the movie really.
0: Yeah, they put a lot of detail in production in this film, so it definitely did not have that crappy B vibe to it, where, you know, you could watch it because it's so bad, it's good. This was actually, like, a legit film, and I'm sure the sequels were considered legit films, too, and not really the B market territory, but I haven't seen those, so I'm just going off this one. I thought the acting was pretty good. It was your standard fare for a 50s movie, while the, the, the girl... K. Um, I like how she was presented as like really intelligent and she did scream and get captured towards the end but she wasn't really like helpless,
1: I guess. Not really, say. yeah. Like, uh, all, Not, I mean, maybe like a, a little plane. bit. Uh, even though she did yeah, scream she, a few times. but She did, yeah. She kind of, screamed like a few times but it felt like a scream queen, really.
0: Yeah. And I really didn't feel like she was a even though she did get captured, but she wasn't, like, a a damsel in distress. She was, like, really, everyone treated her like an equal. She was really com- uh, a confident char- like, a strong character. And it's just that the creature was after her. So, of course, she's going to scream. And um, But she was really intelligent, too. So, like, she wasn't, like, the standard ditzy damsel in distress, like, oh, help me, save me and that's what's different so.
1: about this movie compared to a thing from another world too. They actually killed like five people, I think. Yeah, there's a lot more deaths. Now
0: back then you couldn't show them like you can today cuz they they were a lot stricter in what they could show on, in in film and with violence and everything. But I, I actually thought all the suspense building was pretty good, like the not revealing what the creature looked like, like just showing his claw reaching out, uh, not showing him actually kill the the locals in the tent, but just letting your imagination do the work. And I, I think that's a missing element from horror films. It's all like show, 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 but there's no suspense anymore.
1: Uh, Have you right, noticed that the modern horror directors no really? Suspense. To me. I but think it too, depends like, on I'm like, yeah, the way that it's showing is the new guy that does really well right now supposedly is the dude that did Midsummer and Hereditary that, um, that, mm-hmm. like he played and like supposedly those are like the two of the best horror films that they've done so far I mean yeah, just flip, they gosh. say Hereditary is like the the <laughs> pinnacle of his stuff so far I know right Huh. we're definitely going to have to do that for the damn podcast and it's going to scar me for life.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, like, that's number, I think, scariest movies we talked yeah. about on other podcast. It's number yeah.
1: three, I think. Yeah, so, like, I think it just depends on the actual thing, like, if the person actually cares but, about the film or not. Or... And they're really trying yeah. to scare people because some people don't really want to try to scare you. It seems like, especially nowadays, no. it seems like they want to it's consistently all... go to a certain formula with their movies. It's like, we were talking about Annabelle and God, that movie was awful.
0: <laughs> I was wondering how it was. Cause I hadn't seen any of those, that family of movies. The only movie that I s- I know of the people because the people in those movies are based on real people, um, real paranormal investigators. And the only movie, the the newest horror movie I saw was actually *Insidious* yeah. with Ethan Hawke. Oh, and I didn't really care for it. Like a lot of
1: people really well, like it. Ethan Hawk mean, in that one. I think that might be *Sinister* or *The Purge*.
2: You mean *Sinister*? Joe? Oh
0: yeah, it's, it's 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 *Sinister*. I'm thinking of. Sorry.
2: Yeah, you're correct. That's the number I, one I, I, scariest one out there. I suppose. What, sinister? According to science, yeah. yeah. that raises the heartbeat no. more than anything. And it's my number one.
0: Sinister was I called it I called that movie. There's another movie that came out I, when I was dating well, uh. Well calling yeah, it and
2: still she's... like making you making your heart race are two different things, right? So, I
0: mean, no, I did well yeah, but it didn't really make my heart race. I was just like, Can this movie be over already?
2: <laughs> yeah, see, and I was the exact opposite. So um
0: But anyway. but yeah, I grew up more on slasher films. I don't know if your parents let you watch them growing up. But yeah, I grew but, up on that One stuff, of the so ones that we'd probably kind of- have
1: to do for the podcast too is the Terrifier series. Supposedly there's like four in that series, and they're supposed to be like pretty scary. And in- and
0: I'm, I'm glad that these directors are doing like suspense to actually scare you because like we may not think the creature from the Black Lagoon and, and everything we're talking about does kind of relate back to this movie. Because if you think about how this was made back then, this is how they did horror. It was suspense. It was letting your imagination do the work. And I really feel like that's a lost art when it comes to horror movies. I guess you could kind of blame the slasher craze of the 80s, even though I do love Friday the 13th, and I do love A Nightmare on Elm Street as Well, a to me, I well, still think
1: that the, the 80s and 90s have some of the best... Like, so, same with some of the 70s, too. Have some of the best horror well, films I think, ever.
0: And, and I think they do, too, but I also think that maybe my opinion's skewed, because that's oh, what the yeah. period I grew up in. It's And so I could be a little, it could be, you know, I'm looking back with rose colored glasses. Now, I made my wife's best friend go through the Friday the 13th series with me. And I tried to get her to stop at eight because, you know, um, aside from Freddy versus Jason, which I thought was good and I enjoyed, but let's face it, Jason X and Jason Goes to Hell are really shitty movies. But uh, Jason (laughs) X
1: is great just because it's awful. it, it is, is awful but it, bad. I,
0: I will say but, yeah i i really i i really think jason x is like kind of in that so bad it's good quality whereas jason goes to hell just doesn't make any sense to me because i'm like this has nothing to do with the jason lore at least at least to jason x he may be on a rock a spaceship but at least he's doing jason things and it's jason <laughs> at least it's jason um but i think but like i Looking at horror as a whole, and this this would actually have been a a good series for y'all to do on the on the horror podcast because you could take a look at horror back then versus horror now, and this would be a good example. I, I like how I like some of the suspense. Like Alfred Hitchcock built suspense. Like Jaws had suspense, you know, and this movie and had suspense time it was because through there was
1: limitations too, especially Jaws. That like it, because they couldn't yeah uh, straight out show the the uh, sharks that they uh, do certain the things yeah. kept breaking
0: <laughs> and and I'm glad and it, and, it, and that worked in the movie's favor and then there's stuff like this because this movie would have been limited on technical like for one there there's probably some censorship due to the violence and the blood they couldn't show all that but two you know the technology limited back in so you can't get somebody so to breathe some underwater
1: pain. for like eight or ten minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah. So like, they had to shoot those scenes really quickly with the with the creature. So, so I think they did a great job with like the tools they had. Like, I I can't really. It's like I feel like if you knock this movie, it's because you're comparing it to stuff stuff today. When you really have to take a look at it, as if you were in 1954, could could the could there been more story? Probably. Um, the only thing that I w- would kind of get a nitpicky on is how it ended, where it was just kind of like, "Oh, he's dead." The end.
1: Yeah. Dun dun dun.
0: <laughs> that was like the only thing where I was like, I I actually thought that the the K character and her her main squeeze, David, the David character. I actually thought it would end with them like saying they're going to get married, or because that sounds like something well, you'd see in a 50s movie. About like we're going to
1: at the beginning or like yeah, they, the first 20 minutes where they were like, "Oh yeah, how about a lifetime?" and this and that. Like you're, and they were kind of yeah. flirting with each other. But to me, this movie seemed like it was legit, like kind of like how Frankenstein was, but with but in water, mostly because it kind of hits the same beats and it makes sense why it's like part of the universal monster thing is because Frankenstein, well, like, especially the one with bride and Frankenstein, right, where like he goes to meet the girl and stuff and then you know, like he's misunderstood and this and that. I mean, the only thing was with this one, he was going after the girl, right? And like his whole motivation was getting the girl, but he was killing other people in the meantime, trying to get to the girl. And then as yeah. soon as they were shooting, trying him, then he was just like, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, Cause
0: they shoot him. And then um, the David character tells him to stop, like stop shooting him. He's had enough. And then he goes, and he falls in the water and they leave it ambiguous because obviously they made two sequels. Cause this was a success. But uh, they wanted to leave it open. And and I think that was probably a good call. I think not killing him off directly was probably a good call. I just, the only thing with the ending, I was just like, because they talked about them, their relationship, because they were together, like, romantic. But I, I feel like there wasn't a payoff at the end with, with them talking about it, but never bringing it up in the third act at the end as kind of like to end yeah. the film. To like look in the film, they talk about it and then they talk about it again. That'd be my only nitpick. But again, looking at this with like, you know, retro glasses on, because you have to take your mind back to how things were done in older movies where they didn't have supercomputers to generate CGI effects. Where they were, you know, nowadays, I'm sure they would still film it underwater, but they could create like a fake water scene. But back then, they actually had to have the guy in the water.
1: Yeah, I think they still so, do that anyway, like where they actually put him in water. But like, I think they, do they could too. do a little bit more effects and stuff like that now. We're able to, but. Yeah. You know. And then they could put like an air tank on him and
0: digitally remove yeah. it and all the air bubbles. Whereas back then, it's either but you have me, the bubbles or you mi-
1: don't. This movie made sense why it's part of the Universal Monsters family, though. Like because you would think, and because you know, like, ha- imagine how many other movies that they did, where they were trying to get like them to be kind of famous, or like trying to get stuff to sell, and it kind of makes sense with this movie when you watch it. And it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Why like this worked, where as in other movies didn't work.
0: I do like the fact that nobody was really out to make a profit. The only thing that the only thing they wanted the creature for was for science. Um, they did want kind of like endowments, but you know, it, the endowments were so much for them to get that famous body. off.
1: He wanted to be like, hey, I want to fucking fuck with yeah. that shit and find how it ticks and all that shit. That's like the main thing that he was doing. Yeah, it's because it, it, it wasn't like you would see a movie
0: nowadays where like, I'm gonna get this and I'm be rich and famous. They they kind of wanted it to better the institute. Because if they got the creature and they could get more money for the Institute to do more science, it wasn't about, like, greed as in lining their pockets. It was about helping them with their other scientific endeavors. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's that's something you don't see, especially nowadays. You know, everyone's all about the...
1: Yeah, and then it was funny greedy, how, like, he's but- like, I'm going down down there with you and he's like no <laughs> and then eventually the other two punches him out twice and then it's like okay I guess I'll yeah. do it <laughs> okay.
2: well then he went down with uh, him uh, anyways I and that's what was, he died yeah.
0: yeah yeah I think there's one guy who got attacked and lived he was on the one and wrapped in bandages and um, the only other person who like one of the other guys I think the doctor from the beginning lives and then the boat captain lives, and then the love interest. It, but the the guy who was in charge of the expedition, he was like, "Yeah, let's go, guys." Yeah. He dies. <laughs> so, and then like some of the bow hands. Well, die. it was funny because um, the
2: entire movie, and that's one of the things that was interesting to me, was the girl didn't get captured till like four minutes left in the yeah. movie. And, yeah,
0: it was. yeah, it was like right yeah. near the end. And they didn't really waste any no, time rescuing either. Was, I mean, it wasn't like was they're like I knew they are like, go fuck this. this. Yeah. this
2: yeah. Let's
0: get this. Done. But uh,
2: the funny <laughs> then, thing is is the movies back then always seemed to do that. Like the monster or whatever always liked a female and that was literally their goal most of the time was to, yeah, like, I mean, you know, King Kong was like that. I'm trying to think what well, else. Well, that's what I'm saying. Was just it was like King Kong,
1: King Kong uh, this movie, then I think Dracula too. Yeah, I, mean, and
0: then, I, was, I was about to say I think Dracula, but I don't think I've ever King seen, Goldie, when I say yeah, original Dracula, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about... the
2: Dracula. Yeah, I mean, original. they all tend to revolve around a female. Yeah. Um, yeah. like
1: she was a prize
2: she's in thing. the like yeah
0: yeah, and I, I like I said I like how they didn't like make her so much a damsel because yeah, she only got captured at the end of the movie around. it wasn't like
1: <laughs> if they would have she's like yeah, sitting there waiting she, and then but, she turns around uh, and then she turns around at the last minute oh shit <laughs>
2: Now, yeah. One, one thing that did, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the one thing that did crack me up was oh, uh, at the beginning, I don't know if you guys remember when they're digging up the stuff and they find the the bone of the hand, the web yeah. handler. Yeah. The very first camera angle, when I was watching it, I was thinking, my God, how big is this fucking thing? Because I don't know if you guys recall, but the very first picture or, filming angle of that hand made the hand look enormous and then yeah. all of a sudden they grabbed it and it was like just a normal hand size but when they showed it, it like in the hand rock hand it looked like it was enormous yeah. like it was gonna you know <laughs> at first I'm like oh my god how big is this freaking creature and then you're like oh. and then it, <laughs> "Yeah." And then it brought it down to size when yeah. they were they actually had it in their hand I
1: wonder if it was I wonder
0: if that was two uh, two different props. Been, uh, you know, they use the one for uh, that's mounted for this in the at the science the wherever they're at, and then the one that they use for uh, the prop showing it. Yeah, I don't know because it
2: was crazy <laughs> difference. Because though I don't know if it was just the angle or what, but when they did that initial scene for that hand, it just looked incredibly large, and then of course it brought it down to size when they actually had it in their hands, but, um, but yeah, my thoughts, I, I kind of mirror what you guys are saying on my thoughts in the movie though. Actually, it was a hell of a lot better than I actually thought it was going to be. Now, one thing that I did find interesting is you find it in every movie was the, the music that would hit every time the creature showed up.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it it yeah. was the only time you really had heard music. Um, was when he would be in the scene somewhere, be it his hand or be it him climbing out of the water. But one thing, the another thing I found interesting, and I don't know how many people would pick this up or if I'm just, you know, like that, but um, I thought it was interesting the actor playing Gilman or the creature, whatever you want to call him, when he would be out of the water, he would actually breathe like it would be for a creature like coming out of the water that's used to breathing underwater. So like he, like he was gasping for air kind of thing. I don't know if you guys noticed that when he would be out of the water, he would have his mouth wide open like a fish kind of would. And his gills were opening up. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, Yeah. So for being 1954, I found that interesting that they even picked up on the, you know the actor was doing that just like
1: yeah especially the noises
2: yeah, too.
0: I'll be honest with you, i have yeah, the accuracy back, I,
2: wouldn't be typical yeah. back then you know they weren't really um, no.
0: it's, it's especially for some of the sci-fi movies that came out back then where they were just churning them out churning them out churning them out
2: because the 50s is really the golden age of sci-fi because that's when it became like popular yeah, this was what I was envisioning kind of this kind of stuff on this podcast. So that's what I thought you were um, thinking.
0: Well, well, originally, that's what it was. Uh, the original idea for this podcast was to kind of talk about like 1950s sci-fi or obscure sci-fi, even going into like the 70s, the 80s. Um, but just trying to find a flavor that sticks with everything then you know because I, I think there's room to talk about everything but I do want to mostly kind of keep it I kind of want to keep it because originally it was going to be the old stuff but when when you know trying to find an audience you know you're putting you know you want to find something that just sticks Oh, I get with it. it and that's
2: why I think um, sci-fi in general is a good way to go like you're doing or like we're doing because we've got all the different genres that we're picking yeah. up now like we've got the horror one and then I don't think we'll necessarily do dramas. I,
0: mean, <laughs> I don't think we, we would do dramas. But I would actually, I I would actually like to do yeah. a mystery one, um, do a mystery podcast where where it's actually like mystery movies, like the I talked about the Thin Man stuff earlier, doing stuff like that, or the uh, the Maltese Falcon, because like even if it's not an obscure movie where people have heard of it doesn't mean a lot of people have seen it they they only know it by its name and i think if we like the one that's what i wanted to do with sci-fi graveyard is talk about this obscure stuff because a lot of this obscure stuff is actually really good and i want to introduce some of this stuff to an older or a new audience because i feel like if you don't if if you're not talking about these movies eventually they're just going to disappear and that's going to be a sad day when like You know, especially when new formats come out, they're not converting every single movie to the new format. So, like, stuff that were on VHS didn't make it to DVD, didn't make it to Blu ray. And so, you know, and I don't want, I think movies like The Creature, of course, will always get remade uh, on the new formats because it is a universal classic horror, classic monster. But, like, there's some stuff that, you know, you may have to, like, Find it in a thrift store because someone has a copy from like 30 years ago, and and that's sad because they they're not updating some movies that you know yep. that they should.
2: Yeah, and I can tell you, um, but, sorry, <laughs> be, uh, you know, based on watching this movie though, this is one that I would love to see remade. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm surprised that they. And, have and, to and that's where I was going to go too. next.
2: Should we should it rise from the and, and because they've all of it them, remade? I think
1: the invisible man, all that stuff, they've remade at least once. And the creature is the only one that they- I didn't know if they're they looking the at creature, the history. This stuff
2: has been like tried to be remade a bunch. Oh, really? And canceled a bunch. Like, there's probably been almost eight to ten instances of it being remade. So you, so you say this should uh,
0: rise from the grave. Yeah, I oh yeah, agree. and be remade.
2: I don't think rebooted. I think okay, remade. I, 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 think in the newer realm of what can be done. because um, I don't think it needs to be rebooted. I think the story itself is actually pretty good. You know, it doesn't really need to change. Yeah. But I think, um, just a newer version of it, bro? I'm of two minds. I
0: say let it rest in peace and live on its own legacy, but part of me also agrees with y'all that I want to see it remade. Like, just take the story and remake it. Um, not like a shot for shot like they tried to do with Psycho with Vince Vaughn. I mean, get someone who... Get a creative director in that, in there. Someone who actually you got to find someone who actually loves this movie or loves yeah, this the type of Yeah, the closest to
2: it, and I would I, say, is The Shape of Water. Yeah. But that, but that was, you know, that Guillermo it's del Toro did. Um,
0: and maybe it would have to be someone like him or um, Robert Rodriguez, someone who might actually care about the story and the, the character. Like, the character... When I say characters, I'm, I'm referring to the creature because I'm afraid if they get some... Sh- hack director in this they would they wouldn't treat it with the care that it deserved whereas but i'm on two minds i would love to see it redone with modern technology just to see what they could do with like making the the gills move and breathe and stuff like that that would be so cool um whether they use uh practical effects or it's cg practical always looks better um in that instance but it would be cool to see what they could do nowadays with it and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm of two minds. I, I'm kind yeah, of whether rumors are
2: that uh, they this year they could be making one with uh, Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans oh. in it.
0: I'd be I'd be okay with that. I like both those actors. I because they I actually wanted the Dark Universe to succeed, even though the Mummy looked yeah. terrible the one with Tom I think, Cruise, they, I think they I tried actually wanted too that hard. to I succeed because failed. they tried too hard because it would have been cool because they would have had the creature, Frankenstein, well, the mummy, a, Dracula. That, they were going to bring back all the that's monsters, monsters would have cool I Wolf- think that's
1: bam. the reason why that failed. Maybe one of the times we could end up doing that on your podcast, too, because, it, um, like, I mean, doing eventually all the Universal Monsters, too, maybe. I don't know. But, like, do, uh, doing that one on the podcast and talking about, like, how it failed or whatever. I haven't even watched it yet, too. Mostly because I heard what happened with it. And then I, I was not want like, to yeah, watch it. Dumb. Like, when they were telling about... When they were yeah, that was me. I saw the trailer when it was having like Jekyll and Hyde on it, and stuff like that. I was like, "Ooh, I really want to check that out to see about it." But then I heard that it was everybody was telling me that it was god awful. Like,
2: well, it's like Invisible Man was a good movie. I don't know if you guys have seen it, I the newest seen it. one.
1: No,
0: I heard that. I heard that was really, really good, but I don't think that's part I of the see, Dark uh, Universe. I don't though. think it's
1: their Dark um, Universe I mean, it was, thing. Once I it was the, mummy, the mummy came out and it was trash, yeah. and as soon as they, they pretty much got rid of the Dark Universe thing.
0: <laughs> that makes me say, because uh, I wanted it to succeed, because I thought it would be cool that they're bringing back all their old monsters, because then we would have definitely got yeah. a new creature from the Black Lagoon. And that. And that would have been cool. Because cause basically the Dark Universe was basically just like the Monster Squad except the actual characters instead of the Monster Squad where they were kind of the characters. Because <laughs> they really couldn't call them the creature from the Black Lagoon because Monster Squad didn't have the rights to all those characters. Whereas Dracula and Frankenstein were probably public domain yeah. so they could use those. And, but I think I'm in two minds. I say... I say uh, it should rest in peace, but also I'd like to see someone who cares about the material uh, have a go at it and see what it would look like with today's technology. Yep. So, Josh, you said Rise from the Grave, too, right? So this is actually a shorter episode, which is okay because I really didn't think there'd be like too much discussion with this episode. But um, it was this was just, you know, I want to do something for my mom, Um, wanted to get back in the seat. But uh, next time that we meet on Sci-Fi Graveyard, because it's about two weeks from Christmas, we're gonna we're gonna do um, we're gonna do the Star Wars holiday special. So that's gonna be a tough one. So I'm just gonna apologize now. Um, I am gonna um, find I copies. I they have you like. have to like no, no they don't have the original. I don't think. Um, yeah, the late there's the one from nineteen seventy eight that's super bad. And then there's the uh there's the one from that they just did oh, with Lego gosh. and the Lego one's probably amazing. Oh, oh my but, God, um, the nineteen seventy eight yeah. Star Wars. I they only had the one. Special. So. <laughs> um it's hard to come by. The only Looks like there's one, one on YouTube. You some copy yeah, it might even be on YouTube. But um, that's the, what we're going to do next. We're going to discuss the holiday special because it's Christmas, and our next episode is going to be the Christmas episode. So you, nope. uh, any final thoughts or anyone?
2: I don't end? have any from my end. Um. All right, well, so
0: I didn't introduce us at the beginning, but I'm Joseph and for Josh and Jeremy, I want to thank you all for listening today to Sci-Fi Graveyard. Also, with everything going on in the world, remember you are not alone. Um, if you're upset, depressed, and anxiety because life sucks right now just remember you're never alone secrets make you sicker and you're not crazy reach out to people that care about you it'll make a world of difference i promise again everyone say good Good night night. good night night. (laughs) hello everyone i'd like to thank you for listening to the creature from the black lagoons podcast if you like what you hear Please give us a like on Facebook at The Heart of Geek. You can also find us on Twitter at The Heart of Geek. We're on Twitch as Heart of Geek, and we're also on YouTube as The Heart of Geek. Again, thank you for listening, and if you have any comments or requests for any movies you'd like to see or hear on Sci-Fi Graveyard, don't hesitate to message us on one of our platforms. Thank you.